Good evening, Rink Rats. How are you all this evening? Andy Campbell here with the Chicago Rink Cast on the eve of the Chicago Blackhawks 2023-24 season. We are as excited as you are. It's going to be an epic season, kind of, not really, but it'll be much more entertaining to watch than in seasons past. And um, boy, they have a tall task coming up with the starting off opening night in Pittsburgh and then opening night in Boston. But regardless, we're here to talk about the Hawks, talk about the selections. We've got the Bardo, Sean Fitzgerald, Brent Meski, and the birthday boy, Eric Andrews. And we're going to start there. Happy birthday, Eric. How are you? Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Doing well. Awesome. And we will say hello to Brent Meski, uh, otherwise known as Meski to me. Um, one of the best guys, uh, one of our, our, our new acquisition, our, our key free agent acquisition on his second podcast. How are we doing tonight, Brent? I've got a cat screaming at me behind me, so that's a good start. Sweet. Excellent. We'll bring that cat on board. We want to see that animal, and if it's got a lot of screams when we start talking about Wyatt Kaiser, we want to hear him. Sean, how the hell are you, my friend? What hat are you wearing? What sweatshirt are you wearing? Your uh, fan I got, off your head. I got a, I got a Cubs, uh, a Cubs uh, throwback uh, sweatshirt here, a little lighter. Uh, and I'm going with the 2015 Conference Championship Blackhawks hat tonight. Oh, I figured, you know, figured I'd go a little Hawks action here because you know I took off all the hair. So what happened? I, I got a haircut. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I, you know, I, I'm getting ready for the season. I shaved my beard, got a haircut. You know, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. So I like it, Bardo. How do you feel about Sean Fitzgerald's physical appearance, and how are you this evening? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very creepy ass question. I, I can't answer that one. Sorry. Just just swear a little bit. Come on. I, I, I love Shawnee's appearance all the time. He's always really? rocking it. It's, uh, I'm well, waiting for him to say, you know, when you're asking him, who is he wearing? I'm waiting for him to say, I'm wearing my Louis Vuitton Blackhawks sweatshirt or something like that. Yes. And I would venture, yeah. The diehard cheese fan, uh, Mr. Bard here, I'd venture to say he might be a little irritated about all the Taylor Swift talk taken away from his team. So annoying. Who knows? I'm yeah, done with it. I was I never even started with it. It was done. I'm done with it. So, well, fellas, alas, we are here tomorrow night. The Blackhawks kick off their season in Pittsburgh against uh, a legendary, a few legendary talents, and a, and a pretty good Pittsburgh Penguins team. But let's talk about the team. All right, the roster has been made. It's finalized. Some line combos here. Uh, you know, we can we can roll through the line combos or whatever we got, but. Uh, but uh, some interesting takes, you know, um, some, I guess, surprises. Maybe not. You can say Mackenzie uh, and Whistle has made the team. Good for him. That kid worked awfully hard. But the team is solid. And Eric, uh, or the roster is solid. It, it makes a lot of sense. Eric, are you surprised by uh, any of the roster moves or what we're looking at going into the season? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I think some of those uh, kind of depth forwards, you know, 13th, 14th kind of guys, I think it could have been any number of guys that got those spots. So um, it's not necessarily overly surprising to see guys like Whistle and Chris Johnson get those spots since they do kind of have that, uh, you know, rapport already built up with the organization over the last couple of years. Um, so that wasn't overly surprising to me. Um, yeah, I, I guess really going up and down the, the opening, right, opening night roster, there really weren't any surprises to me. Yeah. Sean, are you feeling that same vibe? Were you shocked at all? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, um, 
the one surprise to me was Isaac Phillips getting sent down, but I yeah, think that's it's too bad. Uh, I think that's just because they need to keep Zaitsev on the roster currently. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know, he could be recalled. We'll probably get into this later, but he could be recalled because currently Korchinski's on his nine-game audition. Um, so I think once because me personally, and I, I, I know others at the rink here share this, that we don't think Korchinski's ready to be an NHL player. Um, it's just, I, I he, he's not good in his own zone. So I think he's got to go down back to the WHL and do some bum slaying and then yep. maybe spend some time in the A next year. But yeah, yeah I think Isaac Phillips is bum slaying. It's what I believe cool. um, yeah. Gate said last week. So yeah. I'm just quoting Gate. Got it. Got it. No, and I think I I mean, I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody that he's with the club as of today. Um, you know, we talked about the nine game burnage and all that fun stuff and you know that lousy CHL rule that you have to you can play nine games then you can't go to the AHL, you got to go back to your junior team and Well, it's also based on your age too. You have to be age, 20 years yeah. old. Yes. You have to be 20 so, years old to play in the AHL. Hence Unless... the potential for bum slaying that is right around the corner for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so let's roll through. Let's let's look at some, what some of the you know Cole Gutman is uh, penciled in. It seems like to be the third line center. Uh, you know Philip Kurashev out of the lineup. Uh, you know Brent, any thoughts on uh, Cole Gutman or any of the third or the fourth line? It looks pretty identical. It just kind of looks like a bag of who's who of don't really know you except for Perry and Felino. But gotta say, I'm you know really happy for that Bedard kid that he uh, actually made the team. I know he was worried about that there, so. Think we should give him a little kudos there but Got yeah it. i mean that fourth line should be interesting you have your two a's on the wing um i don't know it could be could be interesting to see how they how they do if they're looking at this as get flipped at the deadline then right. they're obviously gonna want to start out well and stay healthy so yeah I, so, I feel like looking at the lines at this point is like i feel like they're just gonna be in the blender because yep. I don't think anybody is sticking anywhere. No, much. nothing. I don't. I don't really see much sticking. I mean, maybe the maybe the Bernard and Hall and Donato might play together. So for a little while, we'll see. So the line combos as is, folks, right now projected for tomorrow night are Connor Bernard in the middle, centering Taylor Hall and Ryan Donato, Lucas Reichel playing center. He had a pretty good preseason with Tyler Johnson on his flank as well as Taylor Radish. I kind of like that line actually. That's that's a good mix. I like Radish in there winning pucks. Cole Gutman in the lineup at center with Kurashev out with Kachuk on one flank and Anastasiu on the other. And then uh, Dickinson in the middle with Corey Perry and uh, Mr. Felino, which should be a pretty solid line. Now, the defensive units or the pairings as is Vlasic and Jones, which is interesting. Looks like that will be the top pairing for tomorrow night. Um, hey, Mr. Vlasic, good luck to you. Top pairing right away. Uh, with Mr. Jones, Kevin Korchinski, who may be here for the long haul or maybe here for nine games, is going to be in with Connor Murphy. And then Jared Tenorti is going to be with uh, Chicago media darling Wyatt Kaiser. And on that subject, oh, Peter Morazic is expected to play in the pipes tomorrow night. And then Arvid Soderbloom. Pending an injury. Pending an injury. And then Arvid I'm Soderblom. just saying he might get hurt before the game. Arvid Soderbloom is expected to get the cage in Boston the following night. But Bardo, a lot of talk lately about Wyatt Kaiser, and it's time to dissect this a little further. <laughs> Wyatt Kaiser, if you if you read any of Ben Pope's stuff for the Chicago Sun Times, first of all, Ben Pope 
writes a lot of good material. He's a, he's an avid follower of the Blackhawks. He's pretty locked in. Um, very good columnist, and he's he did like Dylan Strome, though. You got to hold that against. He him. did, and um, I think he's in the right job. But you know, if you if you read his stuff, and then if you listen to Vosters, and you listen to Darren Pang, Wyatt Kaiser. Wow, I mean, he seems like he's the second coming of Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. Now, what what are we making of this, guys? I think this is kind of. I'm nervous about this. I mean, look, I, I, I've watched him a lot over the last year between what he's done, you know, in the in his uh, cup of coffee he had last year as well as in yeah. the preseason. He's a nice player. I mean, he might be a, a four or five guy, um, you know, because he could skate very well. I mean, he seems to be able to use that to his advantage in game positioning. But apart from that, I'm not seeing like any sort of elite skill uh, out of him that makes him look like a Duncan Keith or even a Jarmerson or something like that. I mean, I, I think again, four or five guy, maybe look, I think maybe best case scenario, if he's Johnny Oduya, I think we'd all be happy. And I don't think that's a, that's a knock on him. Knock mm -hmm. on Oduya. I think that's actually a compliment, which yeah. to me, Oduya is like a four or five guy. Um, Oduya yeah. was a four on two. Couples. He was a four. Yeah. So if he's and, anything like that, thank you. That's great. Yes, I would take that, but let's not call him a top pairing guy. Um, you know, going back to what you were saying about Korchinski, because I am curious, Once, assuming he gets sent back to the WHL, does this mean Kaiser gets moved up into that spot? That's going to be an interesting thing to see who moves, who moves next to Murphy. That'll be yeah. a really interesting thing. Definitely could be. So I, let's, let's clarify this for a minute, folks. Like, so uh, the ring came out with an article yesterday. Yes, I penned it, but the thoughts are universal. When we write an article from the rink, it's how we all feel about things. So we use we language like a lot of hockey players do. Um, so we release an article um, just about the expectations of Wyatt Kaiser and the local Chicago media just pumping his tires and, and suggesting that, wow, this kid is so good. But we want to clarify this real quick. Wyatt Kaiser is a good prospect. He is. He's a good player. Like a third round pick 2020. Uh, had a decent career at, at, at Minnesota Duluth. Not an outstanding career. I mean, he was a very good college defenseman. Um, and now he played nine games last year. And now he's coming in. And all of a sudden, everyone's saying, oh, my gosh, this guy is so bloody good. But there's going to be a serious learning curve for him. Um, and there are going to be challenges and struggles ahead for him. And the reason I got all over Ben Pope about this is these were the kinds of things Ben Pope was saying about Ian Mitchell about three or four years ago. And Ian Mitchell is fighting for his life right now in the NHL. But Eric, I want to go to you real quick on the Kaiser stuff. I mean, I, I like Wyatt Kaiser. We're certainly rooting for Wyatt Kaiser, but we're just saying fans, like, don't get so invested in this guy based off what the media is saying that all of a sudden you're going to turn on him if he struggles. Is he going to struggle, Eric? I mean, I, I think he might. I mean, I don't see how he wouldn't. I mean, he is still a young player that, like we just said, you know, only has nine games under his belt and you know another thing too like it's one thing if you're pumping tires of a guy like Korchinski that was a high pick Wyatt Kaiser was a third round pick like he's never had that high-end pedigree um you know and, and like you guys were saying I mean he probably caps out as like a number four type of defenseman which again that's great Everybody yeah. needs those. You need guys like that that are solid in their own end and can move the puck and everything. That's great. You need that to win. But it's just not something to get overly excited about. Right. Um, 
you know, I, I really like that comparison to Oduya as far as, you know, kind of the, the role that he could fill in the future. Um, you know, and again, Oduya was a, a very important piece to those teams. But, you know, when you acquire Johnny Oduya, are, are you jumping up and down? No. No. You know, is Kaiser a, a fine prospect? Yep. Is he going to have a serviceable career? Probably. Yeah. That's great. Worth yeah, getting I mean, overly excited about? Nope. No, I mean, if you think about those championship teams, I mean, he might be the the Brent Sopel or the young Nick Letty or the <laughs> Van, you know, Van Reemsdyke. You know, I mean, Jordan those, Henry. Right. I mean, he might just be that guy. But, I mean, uh, Brent, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't like – I don't want to be too down on this kid. In his own zone, though, he did struggle in the preseason. I mean, that was that was clear, and he had boatloads of ice time. He's good at moving the puck when he's not pressured. He's great in the offensive zone. His gap control is pretty good. But I mean, like, I don't, the two games that they have coming up on the road at Pittsburgh and in Boston, how many, he's going to, he might be on the ice for five goals against. I mean, what do you think, Brent? I think it's just crazy that like, like we've said nine games and we're throwing all of this on him. Yeah. It can only end poorly for him. Like there's no possible way. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. There's no possible way he lives up to the hype that's being thrown at him. Like, you're getting thrown out there. It's not like he's getting thrown out there with in so many of those guys you just listed. He got thrown out there to learn with a guy like Duncan Keith. He doesn't have that. No. Like Jared Tenorti is not Duncan Keith. Like that's <laughs> not who you're paired with and learning. Right. Like, I, I don't know. It's just it's unfair to him that you're throwing all of this on him out of nowhere, too. It's not like this has been ramping up and it's been playing better and better, and now people are getting really excited. It's like one day everybody but us decided to wake up and go, hey, don't tell those guys, but Wyatt Kaiser. Like, that's the hype train now. Everybody right. get out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. No. I, I was excited about him when he was drafted, but, I mean, I, my expectations were lim- – I, I don't know. I mean, Mr. Minnesota Hockey, I think he was, and then, you know, went to UMD Bulldogs and had a pretty decent career. But, Sean, you were mentioning earlier, like, is it just because after Bedard, the idea that Korchinski might be gone after nine games back to juniors, there's just nothing else to talk about right now? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Because yeah. think about it. Like, Lucas Reichel was here last year. We've kind of yeah. done that story. It's the preseason. Also, you don't want to hype so much. Like, Kaiser's at least played three years in college. So he's an older guy. He's in his 20s. Korchinski's 19, never played um, – never played above juniors, so there's that. Also, like, aside from Korchinski, who else do you have? You're not going to hype Cole Gutman because no. nobody knows him, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. So Soderbloom is a nice story, but he's a goalie and he's older, and we've already had him. So who else are you going to talk about? Like, it's literally because you can't talk about Bedard every second of every play you just can't do it because you've got to give the fan base something else to be excited about. That's why Panger and Vosters and all those guys are talking about them. That's, that's, that's my, um, process. and I think we're getting, we have a little bit of a prospect shock. Cause remember, like we've been fed that Ian Mitchell was ready to play right away. Yeah. Dylan Sakura was a top six forward. Yeah, you're like, right. Anthony Lewis was an NHL player. Vinny Henestroza, the list goes on and on. It's Anthony Lewis. <laughs> right. I don't even know who that uh, is. <laughs> he's uh, the smallest forward out of University of uh, 
Miami of Ohio. Right, I'm going to look that up at some point. I, I wrote uh, an article several years ago about how he was a top yeah. prospect. <laughs> I hyped him up. Um, yeah. But but in any event, like that's what we're be- we've been fed all this garbage for a yeah, long right. time. We finally get like a a decent NHL prospect, mm-hmm. and now that they're pumping him up, we're very skeptical of it. So yeah. here's the one thing I'll say about that, though: the one advantage that Kaiser probably has over Mitchell and others is, do you have more confidence in his talent being developed with this regime versus yes. the previous? One hundred percent. Yeah, that to me is a yeah. huge difference. So to me. I give him a better chance of developing more more than Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, are we too skeptical? I mean, I Sean, we might be. that that prospect shock thing is is very real. I mean, we're I still we're still licking our wounds from Ian Mitchell and all those other guys. That yeah, and and so, you know, maybe that's why we're so cautious. I mean, again, folks, we're rooting for this kid. He is good. Right. We we want him to succeed. Good. I just I just want people to give him some. Breathing room, space, some space in the first ten to fifteen games, and some room to fail if he has some issues. And all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, they said this guy was going to be awesome. Now he sucks." And then everyone turns on him, and he feels the pressure. And Kaiser bust, and like, I don't, I don't don't want that. No, and and so just be realistic. Just be realistic. And you know who's you know who's loving this right now? Who should be loving all of this is Lucas Reichel right now. Who's talking Mm -hmm. about Lucas Reichel? Nobody. You know, you got Bernard in town, and now they're all talking about why. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Take take some of the shade off of uh, Reichel here. Honestly, that's a good thing for Reichel. Yeah, maybe. You know, the, yeah, it's maybe like he, he, he can fly under the radar as a second line center. There's there's very little pressure on him. So yeah. and and he's been moved from the wing to center, so there should be some pressure on him yeah. to succeed in that role. Yeah. yeah, he's looked pretty good. I mean, he's we're gonna find out if he's ready, and if he's not ready now, he might never be. I mean, I don't. I think we're to kind play of, center or to play in the NHL. Both. I think no, we'll be fine in the more, NHL. More center, more center. Than I think it's the center NHL. thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's more the center thing, but still, um, you know. And I mean, I don't. The other thing too is, I mean, I, you know, there's all this hype now around Wyatt Kaiser. The other guy who's getting a free pl- free pass on all this is Vlasic. Yep. Vlasic yeah. is Vlasic's going to be a top pair defenseman tomorrow night. Um, you know, and who has proven very little. And I, I guess you could say his college career didn't go as advertised. And, and, you know, I, you know, he's going right in there with Jones and the top pairing and his, but Hey, Vlasic, you know, no pressure on you, buddy. You know, it's all on guys. And here's the interesting question I have, you know, who is the, yes, they're the top pairing on the depth chart. Are they the shutdown pair against the Crosby line? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even know if we're ready to designate a shutdown pair right now. I, you're right. I don't. I don't either. But then again, you, you have to figure have out who's going to shut down the Malkin line too. So it's like having play, two. I mean, I there's Jones there's a and Murphy together to consider that a shutdown. Like I don't know. I, I mean, mean, in these in these next two games, I mean, uh, the in their own zone, the Blackhawks are going to be running for their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I think we should expect that. I mean, mm-hmm. I you know Pittsburgh still is formidable of a team. As ever before, I think Boston has as good a chance as winning the Atlantic as anybody does. I mean, yeah, they lost some players, but if you look up and down the Atlantic, if you know, is Toronto the real deal? You never really know. And then, other than that, I think Boston probably has the best team. I don't know if they come out of the East, but you know, it's it, and it's also both of these teams opening nights. Mm. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be out to hammer the Hawks. So I, 
I don't know. It could be two lopsided games, and but that's that. So I guess bottom line is we're all rooting for Wyatt Kaiser. We are. But um, this this pedestal right now that after preseason hockey that Ben Pope and others in the media are putting him on and, and, and feeding you that he's uh, that he's more than what he might be. And again, if we're wrong, happy to take it. Happy to take that if if Wyatt Kaiser ends up being a top pairing defenseman in the NHL and is a total stud. I am happy with that outcome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. We talked about Korchinski briefly, but um, really no surprises that he's with the club. Any chance at all, Brent, that he stays after nine games or we just kind of wait and see? Or do you think this is just a he'll have that cup of coffee and that's that? I'd like to say there's a chance, but I also you have to wonder at a certain point if that's smart for his development right. with how he's played in the preseason. Like, is it smart to just throw him to the wolves all year? Or right. is it smart to send him back, get him the, in the AHL next year, let him develop and not be another one kind of like Kaiser who has unfair expectations against him. Right. So I, it'd be great if he did play well enough to stay around, but I, I don't know that that's, best for him at that point yeah eric at one point you mentioned the possibility of maybe they do burn his first year and maybe they just say maybe we can do that and then just maybe you know we we don't want him to be a shane Wright, but you know at one point you mentioned well maybe they do give him 10 or 11 and then they just try to work with him throughout the year do you see that at all manifesting i know that in one of our recent podcasts you said that could happen yeah, I think that could, just from a contractual strategy viewpoint, could happen. Um, I know, I forget when it was, but I know Kyle Davidson did say something about that, not specifically about Korchinski, but just that um, they do kind of have that mentality of trying to get guys to their second contract faster. So if they're not sold on Korchinski sticking with the, the Blackhawks for the entire season, which I think we're probably all in agreement, he's not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if that is the case and they feel like he is not ready, then I definitely could see them, you know, keeping him around for that 10th game to burn that year and then send him back. Um, yeah. you know, I don't necessarily know that I have a super strong feeling on that one way or the other. It's just something I could see them doing, but, um, they did it with Reichel too. Yeah. So it's just something to, just something to kind of consider, but, you know, I think it's clear that Korchinski is at least ready for those nine or 10 games. You know, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Give him a shot, see what he can do. But, you know, I think it's just pretty clear from what we've seen that the defensive game just isn't quite ready to handle an 82 game NHL schedule yet. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Shawnee Bardo, you guys feeling similarly on that? Yeah. 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 And you have other NHL prospects, defensemen, like that could be called up this year. And you, you don't want to take that time away from them by having Korchinski on the roster when he's not ready. Like yep. Del Mastro, Nolan Allen, like those are guys that could come up and play Isaac significant Phillips. minutes. Isaac yeah, Phillips. Isaac Phillips. Yeah. 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 I, we're gonna see Isaac Phillips again. Yeah. I mean I, I don't I, think there's any question. Yeah, I was gonna say I th- I think it is a numbers game because of all those younger guys that are, you know, next in line. And I just think he he needs to, you know, hit the weight room. He needs to, you know keep developing. There's no rush because there's zero expectations for this team. Let this kid, you know, marinate. I know he probably can just light it up in, in the WHL, but you know, there are other things for him to work on and, you know, weight room, like, like I just said, but um, 
yeah, I just think it doesn't make sense to just keep him up here. It really doesn't. Yeah. And I, I, I do think there is, I, I know we talked about he'll go back to his junior team and probably dominate, but I mean, I think there is something to say with age appropriate competition, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, playing against guys, his own age and doing very well against them versus getting pushed around a lot. Cause he is, I mean, he's tall, but he's lanky. I mean, physically, yeah. you know, yeah. and I also, and I also do think another reason why everyone, you know, why Wyatt Kaiser comes out. I was like, wow, he looks better than a lot of these prospects. Yeah. He's two, three years older than a lot yeah. of them as well. Like we he's feel to play the grunts grown men in college. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's just like, I mean, the average, especially, you know, being on when he played at Minnesota Duluth, he was probably one of the younger guys on that team mm-hmm. for his first three years there. I mean, those guys age out at 24, 25, a lot of them. So, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I agree. I mean, I just it, – it's hard to envision a scenario. I mean, Korchinski is going to have to be so lights out in the first nine games to stick around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to have to be glaring. I mean, there's going to have to be points and in the plus in order well, to to make well, that. Well, also, like, think about it from a developmental standpoint. So let's say this year is about Bedard, Reichel, our guy Kaiser, and then maybe somebody else. Gutman and maybe other guys developing at the NHL level, right? Then you yep. still have Frankie Nazar at Michigan. You still have Moore at Minnesota, Sam Rizels at Minnesota. Like you still have another wave of guys there to come yeah. that maybe Korchinski is with that way or leading that wave of guys coming through. Like so well, and, that, and that goes to the point, the strategy that they had about getting draft picks in different years versus right. just getting all of them in you know one or two year bucket. It's because, and that's exactly the words that Kyle said, is that we need we we want to have waves of prospects and guys that are ready. It's almost like you said, like it's almost like Korchinski could lead the next wave that that are coming in, whatever that is. So yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world. It just yeah. fits the strategy. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. They have a plan? Holy cow. It's a miracle. And it's not written on toilet paper or the United Center bathroom? Yeah, or a bar napkin. (laughs) I thought you were going to say barred ass. No, no, don't. We're not. We're done with that. No, that was lard ass. Stop. (laughs) We're done with that. No, no. He was reassigned quickly. Yes, Yes. he was. Got a couple goals the other night, though, after being reassigned. All right. Predictions. Predictions for the Hawks. Brent. Where's this team finish? Let's go long-term predictions, and then we can go some player predictions. Surprise us. So go. Let's go long-term prediction. Where do they finish? Are they a lottery team again? And then give me three players with a prediction for each one of them and what how their season goes. Well, I'm glad I get to go first as you're throwing this <laughs> at me in live time. I'll go for it. You want me to go? Um, you're the rookie. No, no, that was mean. All right, yeah, that was hazing. Uh, I, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I think they beat Arizona in the central, but probably not by much. Yep. I mean, and also I'm kind of at the point where like, hopefully not by much. I'd love to see them get another really good draft pick. Like yeah. to me every year, if you're clearly not going to make the playoffs, why wouldn't you want a top three draft pick? Like why, why get eight to 12? Like the, no, just, yeah. I'm not saying they're tanking again. Because but, anything can happen, Brent. Yeah. Uh, Hey, if we win the lottery again, I uh, I think the NHL might get burned to the ground. Yeah, I don't. I no. don't know. Even if, if we went 0 and 82, there's no chance right. we win the lottery. Like you just you can't do that. 
Any uh, any players you're pulling for? Player surprises, Sam, and saying, "Hey, watch out! This could happen for this guy this year." I don't want to underplay Bedard, but I almost kind of have the same feeling as Kaiser. Like, obviously, he should have the hype around him. I get yeah. that first overall, like he should be very, very good. Yeah, but there's like way too many people out there throwing around like, "Oh, he could hit ninety, he could hit a hundred. Who is he playing with?" That he's yeah, going he's going to have a lot of challenges this year. I mean, I don't. I, and it's not lack of talent on his part. Yeah. If you put him on a good team, yeah, he's probably hitting 90 to 100 points. Yeah. But who on this team is getting him to that point? No. Uh, he has no help. Honestly, it's not going to shock me if he doesn't win a rookie of the year. No. Because what help does he have? No, I mean, Logan Cooley could be up there for rookie of the year. I mean, there could be there's going to be a lot of guys. I just I don't think it's worth putting kind of like we have the whole discussion with Kaiser putting yeah. all this on him because he has no help. And that's not a knock on the rest of the guys on the team. But he doesn't have the help to get himself 90 to 100 points. Yeah. It's not going to go out there and do it on his own. It's a good yeah, it's, That's scary. I mean, none of us want that, obviously. I mean, I, I would – I think, uh, you know, I number one, I agree with Gate that we're all good-looking except Sean. Um, other than that – you know, I think that, and yes, we all miss Nelson and his rooting for Team Bardo. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see Bedard with 70 points. I mean, it's kind of like the 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 bet out there, DraftKings, that kind of stuff is the over under 70 points. But he might, I mean, he could be, he could have 50. I mean, it could, you know, we'll, we'll see how he adjusts. But then again, I don't know. And I know it's preseason and, you know, everyone was like, oh, like, uh, you know, he was kind of ho-hum and got that empty net goal and his first preseason preseason goal was empty netter. But but then you look back at the sheet and it's like, all right, they won 4-2. He did have three points. You know, is he just going to be that guy where there's a goal scored and you're like, oh, but it wasn't dazzling, but he got the second assist and all of a sudden they accumulate and they accumulate. Points a point. Points a point. Bardo, do you have any predictions for the Blackhawks this year? Any players where you're like, this could be a breakout season. This could go well for them or any players where you're like, this is going to be a catastrophic train wreck of sorts. Mm. That's a good question. I'll tell you what I actually am bullish on. It's not an individual player, but I actually do think the first power play unit, um, assuming Hall stays healthy, but that front of Bedard, Hall, and Perry is actually really good. I yeah. think it's interesting because parking Perry and Hall in front of the net is actually interesting and you could still see Perry's got still has some skill. He's not as an explosive skater, if you will, not like he was ever a burner, but he doesn't skate as quickly as he, as he once did, mm -hmm. but he still has hands. He's still crafty and smart. So yeah. I think, I think that power play unit can actually come together and be pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think what Bedard's going to do is create a lot of space for people. He's going to draw a lot of people. You saw it in the preseason. So I think that's going to help others. And I think that will keep his point total. You know, I, I think 65, 70 points is probably a realistic number for him. Yeah. Um, as far as defensemen go, I mean, I think if that's the case, I think someone like Seth Jones could benefit because of, you know, the power play, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, I also think that Felino, from a leadership standpoint, is going to really help. I mean, I think Luke Richardson did a lot for this culture. I think Felino right. takes it to another level. 
Yeah, I agree. What I've seen and what I've read and what I've heard about him, I mean, he is such a leader that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he helps, you know, shape a lot of the young kids. I like it. That's a good take. What about you, Shawnee? So I'm going to Where do they finish? They're going to finish uh, just above Arizona. Um, I My predictions for – I think Taylor Radish scores 25 goals. Woo! He scored 20 last year. I think he breaks yep. out a little bit and scores 25, maybe scores himself a nice payday. Um, I'm going to say uh, Soderblom is primary goalie and uh, actually looking like a regular NHL goalie, maybe not – like a superstar, but like a, a 1A or 1B in the NHL. Yeah. I think that's that's um, something that I'd like to see and I hope to see. Um, and then I'm going to say I think we get a look at Marcel Marcel this year in the NHL. Just to, I think he's going to come up and just – he's huge. He's six foot four. I think, he, I think he's going to come up uh, – he's going to be called up at some point. We're just going to see him – I uh, run into some people, and I think that'll be fun. Yep. Okay. I like that. What about you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I think like we've all kind of said, seventh or eighth in the division. Um, I'll opt for eighth. Just be optimistic in that sense, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be – I think those two are clearly the two worst teams in the division. I don't think there's much debate about that. Um yeah, I mean, as far as Bedard, I think, you know, again, like we've said earlier in the night, we got to be realistic with the expectations here. You've seen flashes throughout the preseason of, you know, of his talent, of his skill, and showing that it can translate to the NHL right away. But at the same time, there have also been cases where you can tell that it is going to be a little bit slower of a transition, and he's not immediately going to be that elite-level superstar right out of the gate. Um, you know, I know even, I think it was the first preseason game against Detroit, uh, the first of the two where they played the wings, they were really pressuring him on the power play. And you could tell that he was kind of thrown off by that. He's used to having a lot of time and space on the power play. And when they were just right on him, you know, immediately when he got the puck, you could tell that that kind of was rattling him a little bit and kind of just getting him off his game a little bit. So, I mean, I'm sure that will be a tactic that the majority of teams will use. Um, and you could see even throughout the preseason, he was getting more comfortable with that too, which is great. Um, you know, and when there was that pressure, he was making decisions with the puck faster. So um, that's encouraging for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think to me, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, 65, 70 points for him is probably the realistic number. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously hope for more, but um, yeah. And I, I do think he'll win the Calder, um, even though uh, Logan Cooley is the best prospect in the world, according to the smartest people in the NHL. So, um, of right. course, that being gotcha. the uh, social media admins of the Coyotes. But anyway. well, like, yeah, wow. what a credible franchise. They're doing yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I say for Bedard. That's going Other, so well. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of Bedard, um, Let's see. I think, honestly, I think Taylor Hall, if he can stay healthy, will have a really, really strong season next to Bedard. Um, You know, I could easily see, you know, somewhere in the 60 to 70 point range for Hall as well. Um, And and that would be great. Uh, Defensively, obviously, if we're going to have a uh, kind of a a guy that drops the ball this season, look for that to be Nikita Zaitsev, just because that guy is not good as an NHL defenseman. (laughs) 
like one um, good year of hockey ever. Yeah. So there's that. And then uh, I'll make a goalie, a goalie prediction. Um, is this likely to happen? Probably not, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Peter Morazic plays at least 35 games this year. Wow. Um, we'll see. Whoa. Hopefully, hopefully that is the case because obviously the guy gets hurt all the time. So if he can have a, a somewhat healthy season, that would be great. But uh, will he fall through the ice at any point in time? He might. He might. He might. We'll, okay. we'll just have to hey, see. he played 39 last year. Just saying. That's all true. right. Well, I'll, I'll bump it up to 40. How about that? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I need I'm gonna to go. throw this. I need to throw this out here. Why? Why has Arizona been a trendy playoff pick? Yeah, am I missing something here? I don't know. I, I'm because Logan go. Cooley is the it's best cute. prospect in the world. Oh my god! You I'm go to NHL.com, they have him in the wild card. I'm like, what am I missing here? Because the franchise that drafted Dylan Strome third overall clearly knows what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, that's I don't know. The NHL guys are probably I. Who knows? Ben probably told him to do that to try to save hockey in Arizona. Oh God! You know I don't. I you know I'm I'm going with Brent. I I think the Hawks will finish ahead of Arizona, uh, and Enjoy. that'll be the only team they finish ahead of. I think they'll be in the conversation for a lottery pick. I'd be we'd be blessed if they got a top five pick, um, but could very well be in the five to ten range. Um, I'm gonna go Bedard. I am gonna go Bedard with seventy, and here's why. I think my bold prediction and maybe it's not that bold. I think we are going to see at some point this season, Reichel and Bedard playing together um, where they, where they move one of the two most likely Reichel over to the wing. And if they are both playing together with Taylor Hall, you're going to see a lot of points and you're going to see a lot of hockey. And I think they're going to get to that point. If Bedard is not coming out of the gate fast enough where t-shirts aren't flying off the shelf as much as they should be. So with that, if those two guys are playing together, you're going to see Reichel with 50, 60 points and Bedard up there too. And I, I don't know. I, as a fan, I'd love to see that. I know we're trying to figure out the, the great experiment is whether or not Reichel is the second line center of the future. If they figure out that's not the best place for him right now, put him with Bedard, just do it. And just you say, know, let's make this a combo hmm. for as long as we can. Um I don't know, but then you get into the whole, oh, is this another McDavid dry thing where you got, you know, two guys that are awesome and then you can't backfill the rest of the team? I don't know. Who knows? But I do think we'll see those guys together. That's, I wonder if we see them together almost like, you know, after a penalty kill when they put like Kane and Taves sure. together with Sharp and, and just threw them out there with whoever. I think that I could see something like that. Yeah, that or like the break yeah. glass and, and tie, like um, when, you know, like, when you break the glass in case of an emergency, I think that could be it. Like when, well, whenever the get, Hawks were struggling, they would go to Kane and Taze together to try to get something going. Maybe yeah, or if you're, if, you're getting, if you're getting knocked around and there's 15 minutes to go in the third period and you're down six to two, try it. Why not? What if you yeah, See what happens. And maybe they'll, mm-hmm. there are going to be games where they're down six to two early in the third period. I mean, this, this team's not great, folks. I know we're all excited right now, and we could be all very sad in 10 days. Just going, oh, well, we'll follow Bedard. Maybe he'll get a goal here or there. But Well, we're going to we're gonna at least have more, and I know we're going to be sad overall, but we're at least going to have more, like, linings of hope than we've had in years past. So, like, yes. what were we working with last year? Like, Reichel came up at the end, and that was it. Buddy Brotherton scored some goals. Like, Buddy Brotherton. I mean – you know, no, there's actually talent on this team that could be yeah. part of the future that, you know, you, you, this is, this year is all about talent development. That's all there is yep. to it. 
Yeah. You want to see any of the any and all young players develop into something. You know, yeah. you're going to have surprise. You're going to have surprises. You're going to have guys that you didn't expect. You know, that are going to develop, and then vice versa. It always going to be that, like you said, Bart. They're going to be in more games than we think because Luke Richardson coached up a team of nobodies last year to play. I, I, think, I think I really hope Luke Richardson gets a shot when this team's good. I like Luke Richardson. He's done a great I do job. Too. And I, I, I think that was at the end of last season where I said the, the thing that really stood out for me was the was the head coach and the fact that he had this. I don't remember any game last year where they were they just showed up and just laid down, laid their sticks on the ice and just said, you know what, we're going to mail it in. They never did. They played 60 minutes every single night and and they had no talent and they were in probably more games than they probably should have. Should have been. I mean, they were playing hard up until the last, you know, day of the season, as we as we all saw. So, I mean, I, I think this year with, you know, more talent, yeah, they're going to be in a lot of games, and they may steal yeah. a couple of games. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It should be. I don't know. It'll be fun. They'll be a fun follow. You know, they'll be on national television a lot. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. We're going to find out. So. We've got a few minutes left here. We want to keep it to an hour or less. I do want to throw this out there. Cup predictions. Cup predictions. Give me a team from the East, a team from the West. Who's winning it this year? We will not go with Brent first. Let him marinate a little bit. I, I, I could go first, or if anyone's dying to go. Has anyone thought this through? Fine. I don't, I don't usually think anything through. I like that. All right. I'll go. And then we're going to go Sean. We're going to go Sean second to give him a few minutes to think. I am going to go an epic seven game battle in the Eastern Conference final between New Jersey and Carolina, where Carolina comes out on top. I think Carolina is going to go on to the Stanley Cup finals, where they are going to meet the Dallas Stars, and Carolina is going to win the Stanley Cup in six. That's what I'm saying. Sean. I am saying the New Jersey Devils, who I've been high on for the last Woo! couple of years, defeat the um, upstart, uh, maybe not so upstart anymore, Seattle Kraken in a Stanley Cup final. What? Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. The New Jersey Devils over the Seattle Kraken. Kraken went to the play- – they played well last year in the playoff. Okay. If they can figure out what to do with Shane Wright, I think they'll be pretty good. Okay. You're logging these for the record? <laughs> yeah. When the end of the year comes and Seattle doesn't even make the playoffs, you're just going <laughs> to fold it up and just go, yeah, that's right, Sean. I, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I was replying to a text. No, I – um. I mean, if you want to log it, that's fine. Well, no, I, I'm making mental – well, now that you – okay, fine. You keep badging me <laughs> about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to give you hell when the Seattle Kraken. And I'll just go – I'll make the Stanley Cup finals. If that's what you want, I'll do it, you know. We'll, we'll, make we'll be fine. Remember that Seattle team that didn't make the playoffs? You know, they had them winning it all or winning the winning the West. Anyway, Bardo. Ah, this is tough. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to be a little bit different. I don't like going chalk. Um, chalk. I am going to go swing for the fences and go with the Florida Panthers to represent the East. Um, defeating the Carolina Hurricanes. 
Can is that possible? Can they do that? No, they can't because in the same division. Um, wild card. They could. Wild card. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let's keep that. Um, and then in the West, I am going to go with. Hmm. <laughs> this is tough. Oh. I like doing this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Edmonton. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I Edmonton over Dallas in the conference finals. Okay. And I'm going to take Florida to win it all. Okay. Over Florida, Edmonton. Florida, New Jersey, Carolina. Even though the West has been winning cups, Eric, where are you with this whole setup? Yeah, I mean, I kind of like what Bart just said. I don't want to just say what everyone else is saying, but I mean, I am a Carolina Hurricanes fan, given mm-hmm. that Jacob Slavin plays for them. So I, I do Slavin think that, reference, of course. <laughs> Got to drop a, drop the name every now and then, but um, no, I mean they're they're you know obviously a very strong team again this year. So they're my pick out of the East um, as far as who they would play in the conference finals. I want to say Toronto, but I mean we know that's not going to happen. So um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll make another Eastern Conference Finals pick. But for the West, to me, I do feel like it's either going to be Dallas or Edmonton. Um, I feel like Dallas is probably more equipped to play playoff hockey than Edmonton is. But yeah. at the same time, I mean Edmonton, you would have to think or hope will eventually figure it out. So I'll I'll go. Uh, I'll go Carolina over Edmonton in the cup in six games. I like it. Carolina. And I am really hoping somehow they find a way to make room for Patrick Kane and he's part of that run. That would be fun. Oh, though Shawnee's bold and maybe not so bold prediction anymore of Kane being in Buffalo sounds like it might might be a real thing. He said it first. He also said Seattle, Stanley Cup Finals. That's right. And I never That's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brent. I'm just going to go and say I'm just going to pick teams that have not been picked. I'll beat the sucker. Toronto finally makes the final. All right. All right. Yeah. It's I mean, Arizona. <laughs> no, against the Blackhawks. We're a Blackhawks podcast, aren't we? I don't know. Bertuzzi, Reeves, they're a different-looking team. They've got some you know, they've got some sandpaper now. I don't... That's what they said last year. Yeah, yeah. I know. We're, I'm trying to help out the new guy. Here. Dubas isn't there anymore. So that's it. they're getting True. rid of Dubas. It's the yeah. curse of Dubas. He's not going to no. trade redo their entire blue line of the trade deadline. They'll no. do that in Pittsburgh. <laughs> hey, Dave Ellett ain't walking through that door, man. <laughs> Dave Ellett. Oh my God. So I guess so I'll get Toronto. I'll take them in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. I'll just I'll pick two teams that haven't been picked yet. Realistically, I'm not going with that. But yeah. for the sake of throwing different teams out there. I don't know. Until we get a healthy Landeskog. I, I wanted to say Colorado too, but you were really finding out what Landeskog has meant to this team. And it's very unfortunate this injury that has really seemingly derailed his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if or we don't know if or when he's ever going to come back. And he's a hell of a hockey player and a hell of a leader. Um, By the way, my my uh, it's not really not really that bold of a prediction, but my biggest dud team that's going to drop like a stone in the ocean: New York um, Rangers, Tampa New York Bay, Rangers. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's happening. It's slowly yeah. happening. 
And and don't the Hawks have their first round draft pick this year? I'm telling you. I think is it top ten protected? It is. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll Still. take. I'll take eleven. For yeah. sure. I was just making sure. That <laughs> so we I, don't want them. Somebody to told me that this weekend, and I didn't. No, I, I think they're. I think they're going to miss the playoffs, but they're not going to be a lottery team. I think they're going to be completely like mediocre. Yeah. Which is good. Mm-hmm. They'll be in the yeah. top at yeah. the end of the year. Fuck yeah, I take that. And then, and then they're going to let um, what's his name walk? Why can't they name his name? Stamkos. Stamkos going to let Stamkos walk because it can't pay everybody. Right. And the window is going to close. I actually, I know I didn't pick them, um, you know, to to even be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I do think people, I, I do think Boston is going to be tougher than people realize, despite what they've lost. Because they're well coached. They're well coached, and they still have that element. They're just always there. They're always in the conversation. They're always mm-hmm. around. Well, and they have Ian Mitchell. And they do have Ian Mitchell now. And they brought back Milan Lucic. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> you should hear Boston fans. Oh, Lucic is back, man. And don't they have Alec Regula, who's going to be waved. a regular on the blue line? Waved. In Providence. Yeah, he's in Providence, and maybe will be soon to be picked up by the Stanley Cup finalist, Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. Know, if we're lucky. So, all right. Well, good stuff tonight, guys. I want to give a a quick uh, birthday shout out uh, slash story and thank you to our content editor. Well, first of all, does anyone else have any shout outs? Anything else they want to add to the podcast? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah shout out totally to everyone. Shout out to everyone who completed the Chicago Marathon yesterday. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's an account. My uncle has completed that's awesome. his 20, 26th in a row. Wow. So he's a crazy person. So shout out to him. And uh, the world record also went down. So that was really, really cool. And we we hope to see somebody run a marathon another two hours, which would be a feat for sure. I completed the NFL marathon, watched football from 9 a.m. till the end of the 49er Dallas game. So I'm very proud of myself. Also a hell of an achievement, Bardo. Yes. (laughs) I ran two blocks and my hip and back hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> I drove like 20 miles, but that's <laughs> So anyway, our our <laughs> <laughs> our director of content, content editor, what have you, whatever your main title is, Mr. Andrews, Eric Andrews, happy birthday to you. Uh what how old are you? 28. 28. That's awesome. Oh, wow. I know that's probably against uh, rink HR protocol for me to ask you your true age, but thank yeah. you for indulging anyway. 28 years young. Quick story about Eric. I'm a hockey historian. I'm obsessed with a certain story. There is an epic song by the band The Tragically Hip called 50 Mission Cap. Mm-hmm. A lot of you might know that song. Honoring a certain lost hockey player that in 1951 – scored the game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup Finals in overtime for the Toronto Maple Leafs to beat the Montreal Canadiens. He then went on a fishing trip that summer with a buddy of his, and his plane vanished, was not discovered. The plane and his remains were not discovered until 1962, 11 years later, during which time uh, in a six-team league, the Toronto Maple Leafs went on an 11-year cup drought, and weeks after they won the cup for the first time in 11 years, that's when his remains were found. Gord Downey, the lead singer of The Tragically Hip, in his final concert with The Tragically Hip in 2016 in Toronto, had every single Maple Leaf banner removed, except for the number five of this player, 
and they dimmed all the lights and they played 50 mission cap for the last time. Gord Downey was dying of cancer. He passed away shortly after that. It was their last trip, but a very, very moving tribute. Awesome song. Awesome moment. The hockey player's name is Bill Barilko and Eric saved this for me. And I still had to buy it from him, which makes sense. But this awesome, this is a game used stick from Bill Barocco. Not necessarily the stick he won the OT winner with. Well, who knows? Maybe. But game used stick. What a fascinating story. Eric, thank you, thank you, thank you. If any of you are in the rare card industry, Eric's got it all. He got me this Vladislav Tretiak paddle. It was cool as well as well as a Pelly Lindbergh paddle a couple years ago and a Jean Bellevue paddle. I'm going to put these up on the mantle. So Eric's got some great stuff. Big birthday shout out to Eric for uh, for giving me this very, selling me, this very memorable piece on Bill Barocco. And what a great hockey story that is. And that's what I've got to close the show. Sorry, a bit of Eric tonight. <laughs> bit of Eric. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, so... Good luck to Wyatt Kaiser. Hope you live up to expectations. Good luck to the Chicago Blackhawks. We're all excited tomorrow night. Connor Bedard is going to be mic'd up. That's going to be awesome. Brent, how you feeling? You excited? Obviously. Obviously. Eric, excited? I am. I, I, I'm curious to see if they will have some sort of mic'd up coverage of that opening face-off and if there are any words shared between him and Sidney Crosby. Oh, that'd be awesome. That I'm excited about. Bardo, I hope you're excited. As always. Good man. And Shawnee, great to see you again. Haircut looks great, despite what the gatekeeper thinks. And, um, hey, here we go. Go Hawks. This will be fun, folks. We'll be back next week to talk about what we see in the early part of the season. Until then, have a great night.